Awesome. Welcome, Andy. Where are you? Andy Wood from Winnipeg Center Vineyard. Welcome. Good to have you here. Good friends of Wade and Joe. Wade's best man at the wedding. Something like that. And still are, right? <laughs> Good to have you here. Let's welcome him. Come on, Vancouver Wade. Ah. <laughs> Uh, oh, sure. Come on up, Joanna. Joanna's going to maybe introduce our, our sharing with some prayer. And let's just, uh, I feel the story today is the message, uh, mostly. So, uh, better, better felt than telt, one person said, and better, better story than, than principles. I think this whole text, the Lord Post story, so speaks to what we're going to read. But we're going to read through the text first. But you pray, and then sure. we'll fire away. Sounds good. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to gather here today. Father, I pray that you would this bring peace to Gordy and, and the whole Lower Post team. I, uh, I imagine that it's just been such a full, full week. Lord, we thank you that all over the world today, our brothers and sisters in Christ are gathering and that we can do that here this morning without fear. Lord, I pray for your story that you have us in to shine through so clearly. Thank you for how you'll weave this text into this message this morning. And thank you for what you've already done. Thank you for what you will do through these stories in this word in our community today and throughout the coming days. We thank you for these things and we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Joanne. So let's look at our text together. If you're just joining us today, uh, we're, we're going through a series on, on 1 Corinthians, as I mentioned. And we're weaving it into the story of our journey, which has been a 19-year journey with the people of Lower Post, which is a First Nations reserve right on the Yukon border. Uh, a drive that is farther than driving to L.A. If you were to drive the other way, we'd be past L.A. probably into Mexico if you took the same, same distance to drive. And it began 19, uh, 19 years ago uh, with a friendship uh, between Kathleen, my, my wife, and her friend Francis Carlick, who's here today, uh, at UBC. They met at a class at UBC. God had already prepared our hearts, broken our hearts while we were in England on a two-year sabbatical. And I had wept for six weeks after watching the movie Dances with Wolves. And we came back and just our hearts sensitized. And it was only at the age of 35 that I discovered there was a thing called Indian residential schools in our country. And there was one that was 30 minutes away from me all my growing up years, and I didn't know about it. And so it was this journey of, of heartbreaking discovery and the devastation that it had done to thousands of people across our land. And, and so we went to, to Lower Post in repentance. And our journey has been a journey of ongoing repentance. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But there was a lot of repentance again this, this year. How do you ever recover from a, from a devastation and a legacy like that in your land. I believe the journey is repentance. And the Holy Spirit is faithful. And so that first year, we, weeks, uh, a, a whole week, tears flowed all week as we built that playground. And on the site of the old residential school, part of which still is there, 
and exists now as a band office. And on that site, to the elders and to the community, we said sorry on behalf of the church and on behalf of non-native people for what we did to them. And as you know, repentance is not enough, or apology is not enough. Repentance is ongoing, and reconciliation is an ongoing process. So for 19 years, the Lord has just said, be faithful. We've had highs, we've had lows, but we, I've always felt to go. One year I didn't go because Lorna had died. And that beautiful matron of the community, that beautiful elder who had hosted us for so many years, her home had been such a hearth of love and welcome. She's Francis's mom. And when she passed away, I felt disoriented for a year or two. I didn't know who to, who to, who to talk to, who to host us. Who to... And God sent an angel, little 22-year-old beautiful Indian princess, to the hospital at VGH. 22 years old, dying of leukemia. I was able to spend the last few days with her. And when I first walked into that room, her face lit up like a light bulb. And she says, I remember you. Our village was always so full of joy every time you guys came. I was just a little girl in your wife's kids' programs. And God spoke to me and said, don't stop. And so we resumed after a year or two break. Uh, and sometimes had to do a couple years couple in a year to make up for lost time. And, um, and so this year was the best ever. <laughs> it was incredible, unbelievable. Probably the most moving thing, and I think you'll see this theme as we share today, is we're just seeing the fruit of little seeds, just what we've been hearing in our texts. God just kissing us on our 25th year anniversary as a church, like he did with that lower post video that Joel did. And he just continued to kiss me all week. A lower post. Just, just said, see, look. He gave me a little kiss on the cheek. See here? Gave me another kiss. Thank you. Kept saying thank you. In so many different wonderful little ways. Through them, through divine appointments, through connections that were just bizarre. And... So, let's look at our text. Um, what we'll do is we'll take turns on the slide. So I'll read one and then you all read together with me on the next one, okay? So Paul's speaking. He's kind of continuing the theme that he left off last week about the, the language of demanding our rights is not to be consistent with the language of the kingdom of God. I have rights, but if they infringe on loving other people, then I'm willing to lay down those rights. And Paul continues that theme because he has rights as an apostle. He's a powerful leader. And so people are criticizing him because he's not taking his rights and taking authority over things. He's kind of, seems kind of like stand up, you know, kind of backing off and letting, letting the the Corinthian church be that sanctified mess that it was, that sanctified chaos that it was. So he says this, am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are you not the result of my work in the Lord? Even though I may not be an apostle to others, surely I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. 
Now, quickly, there's some Christianese here. Apostle simply means ambassador sent by God. So when we talk about being an apostolic church, we are a church that has, we believe we're a church that's sent. Now, if our commission is sent, what does obedience look like? Going. Going. Verse 3. This is my defense to those who sit in judgment on me. Don't we have the right to food and drink? Don't we have the right to take a believing wife along with us as do the other apostles and Lord's brothers and Cephas? Or is it only I and Barnabas who lack the right to not work for a living? <laughs> when, when Paul wrote that, it reminds me of what people used to say to me. Are you a pastor or do you work for a living? <laughs> all right, next slide. Let's all read this together. Who serves as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard and does not eat its grapes? Who tends a flock and does not drink the milk? Do I say this merely on human authority? Doesn't the law say the same thing? For it is written in the law of Moses, Do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain. It is about oxen that God is concerned. Surely he says this for us. Yes, this was written for us, because whoever plows and threshes should be able to do so in hope of sharing in the harvest. I'll read this one. If we have sown spiritual seed among you, is it too much if we reap a material harvest from you? Can't I take a love offering? That's what he's saying. If others have this right of support from you, shouldn't we have it all the more? In other words, he's saying, hey, I'm your father. You wouldn't be Christians if it wasn't for me. Right? But we did not use this right. There it is. There's that word again. Right. On the contrary, we put up with anything rather than hinder the gospel of Christ. Don't you know that those who serve in the temple get their food from the temple and that those who serve at the altar share in what is offered on the altar? In the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. Now hold the slide there for a sec. What Paul is arguing is if you don't have people that are staffed to preach the gospel and to, to serve the church because you are the ministers, but if you don't have equippers that are released to do that, the church suffers. And so he's arguing strongly for that, but then he totally reverses it on them. Next slide. I'll just read this because it kind of, I'll be interjecting. But I have not used any of these rights, and I am not writing this in the hope that you will do such things for me, for I would rather die than allow anyone to deprive me of this boast. Now, we know that Paul often made tents to support himself, but as his ministry flourished, he would be supported by churches. Philippi supported him tremendously. In fact, he could have never ministered in Corinth if the church in Philippi... In fact, there's, there's a hint in the book of Acts that as financial support came from the, the church of Philippi, then the church in Corinth began to flourish because Paul had been spending all his time trying to stay alive, trying to, trying to eat, Right? But then he had energy to, to preach and teach and to pour himself into making disciples. So it's very important for the health of the church, for God's people to tithe to their, to their general fund of their local church so that it can harvest an abundance and mission is released as a result of that. Um, I'm getting excited. So verse 16, for when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast since I'm compelled to preach. You understand what he's saying? 
What, why, in the, why, why would I ever boast about preaching the gospel? I can't help but do it. You can't shut me up. I would preach whether you pay me or you don't. I'd be preaching. I've been here. I've preached in this church for years without being paid. I've been paid. I haven't been paid. I'm still living. Still preaching. The only way you're going to shut me up, well, when God lets you. But I got lots of bodyguards. I just want you to know that. Got a lot of friends, a lot of First Nations up north. Got my back. All right. So for when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast since I'm compelled to preach. Woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. I'll pay to preach, he said. I'll pay to preach. And we got a team of 10 people on, that are sitting here today. Well, one's in Bellacoola. Who paid to preach. They weren't paid for this. One of the biggest laughs I had when that UBC student was interviewing us, his professor was kind of trying to get him to critique us and look at all the anger angles. So he said to me, well, how much money do you guys get for this? And I just burst out laughing. I laughed my head off. He said, you're laughing. I said, that's funny. <laughs> that's really funny. I said, we've, we've always paid to do this. It's cost us. Sometimes we get love offerings in lower posts, but it never covers all the never covers all the expenses. I mean, they're so generous to us. They, and we, we do receive way more than we gave, but it usually comes in other ways. The true riches, right? So it's costly to go up there. And every year I, go, I, I come to, to June and I go, Lord, we can't afford to do this. Time. Money, sore bones, <laughs> mosquito bites, <sighs> smoky clothes. I can't afford to do this, Lord. I, I got too much on the go. And the Holy Spirit always whispers, you know what he says. You can't afford not to. You can't afford not to go. So we say, yes, Lord. If I preach voluntarily, I have a reward. If not voluntarily, I'm simply discharging the trust committed to me. What then is my reward? Just in this, that in preaching the gospel, I may offer it free of charge, so not to make full use of my rights as a preacher of the gospel. So whenever the church is liminal, whenever the church is on the margins, whenever the church is missional, this comes into play. There's a cost to missions because we are preaching God's radical embrace. Free of charge. Giving it away. And there is a shift in the kingdom when, 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 the, when the people begin to understand tithing and giving and the church begins to get strong. There is a shift where, where God raises up full-time people to be supported. But as long as we stay missional, it's going to cost us. Is that okay? Yeah. We, we follow the one who laid down his life, right? All right, next slide. Oh I, oh, I have this. Sorry. Didn't see this. Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those having the law, I become like one, sorry, so to those not having the law, I become like one not having the law, though I'm not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law. So does to win those not having the, the law. <laughs> to the weak, I became weak. To win the weak. To the First Nations, I went on the land and got all smoky that I might win First Nations. 
I became all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. Not working. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share its blessings. So before I read this last, last bit, no, I'm going to keep going. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize because when you give yourself to missions, your body takes a toll. And when your body has taken the toll, it gets really easy to get in the flesh. Start biting and devouring one another and picking on one another. So this is a word to our team. You've been the most fantastic team that we have ever taken to lower post. It just keeps getting better every year. But I say to you, be watchful in your weakness. You've given out, you've poured out, and you now need to let the Holy Spirit just pour back into you. And we might even let the church do that for us at the end. I think that's important. Just like for Wade when he came back, right? And for the Pallisters. Anytime you go out, there's backlash. And, and it's because you're vulnerable. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We need that. It's not only when you're sent, but when you return. I think that's a real model in the church. So this whole thing of um, being on the margins, being liminal. I'm going to set the table for our team sharing. That was our story this week. We went out and we found out two days before we got there, in spite of all the communication, all the planning, all the food arrangements Glory had made, and I had watched Kathleen pour her, hearts, her heart into the kids' ministry, we found out that a whole bunch of people were leaving town to go to a camp on the land. And the sense of disorientation we felt, I mean, we're always saying, well, Lord, what are you, what are you saying? And when we arrived, there was this sense of incredible disorientation because we couldn't find anybody. And the team's, team's all saying, well, what are we going to do, Gordy? And I'm going, I don't know. It was kind of like that. But I, but I felt this incredible disorientation. And, oh, God, what's next? What do we do? It was like that, just moment by moment. But we watched the Holy Spirit just lead. Just that shepherd song that Esther sang. Just step by step. And there was confusion, like... At first, I thought everybody was out there, so we planned on going out every day to the camp. It's about an hour drive, hour and a half. It's an hour and a half drive. We timed it on a road that just don't take your car. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Woo! Mechanics make a lot of money up there. Um, but it's, it was wild on the land. So we went, we had a powerful first night. And in lower post, people were still in lower post Sunday night. We had worship. Danny and Esther were just hot. And Aiden was hot on the sound. And, it was, and the Lord moved. And this guy came up to give his life to the Lord. His name is Brandon. And I prayed with him. And then Brandon, I looked at him and I thought, I recognize him. So I began asking questions. And I found out. It just, I, just, I just almost wept. I think I did weep. I realized that 19 years ago, I had dedicated him. As a little baby. Oh my yeah. 
parents who brought him. First baby I dedicated in the lower post. And I said, did you know that? So I called Aiden over, of course. <laughs> Aiden was standing there. First baby I dedicated in, in, in Vancouver East Vineyard. And then introduced them to each other. Another kiss from Jesus. Isn't that something? A long obedience in the same direction. So I'm going to let the team share. I'm going to invite Kathleen to come up. And uh, we've got slides kind of in order. And uh, she's going to... I just was so thrilled with the way she... She just kind of went with the flow in spite of all the, the, uh, the preparation we'd done and just the flexibility she had to exercise. And the first day we went out to the camp and nobody was there. They were still coming. <laughs> we got out there ahead of them. So talk about disorientation. So the next day, the team was so tired, I gave them a break and said, we're not going out there again. So we just went around lower posts and ministered. Third day, it poured rain. And they said, they're all going to be hiding in their trailers or whatever out there. But then the, the last day, Wow. God came through. So go for it. Do you want me to? I've got this mic, so you can use that. Well, let's get our our slides up. Well, for me, uh, actually, I'm not a city girl. And so I really, really, my highlight was being able to go to Blue River Camp, Blue River. And this is a cultural camp. I don't know if you can see, but we're there. And, of course, my highlight was with uh, my relationship with Bernice, which is Francis's sister. It just grew. I had a very precious time with her and felt such a strong sense of solidarity and friendship because of her vision for the camp. And it's been birthed years and years ago. We discovered that this place was the place where the Casca people lived years and years and years and years ago. And so they're kind of like in Isaiah 49, it says that, you know, he's restoring. The Lord says he's restoring the land. And he's reassigning the desolate places. So the people have had a vision to go to the land, have a cultural camp, so the elders can teach the young. So when we go to this camp, I mean, in a minute we'll see the river. Uh, I mean, it was such a great honor for us to go. I don't even know if any white people have been there before. There might be a few whiteies that snuck in there. I don't know. Maybe passing by on the river as tourists. But for me to go and have the honor of actually doing a kid's church, and the Lord has spoken to me and has for many years, to try really hard to learn the legends and then, you know, what they talk about, the cultural you know, redeeming the redemptive analogy of bringing the gospel in, but honoring their legends. So I was able to have, was an Iroquois legend, actually, Francis, but I'm, Francis is teaching me the Casca legends and bring the gospel. So in this slide down here, you'll see uh, I brought a, a circle of the creation story and the kids uh, and, you know, so let's do the second slide, I think, or the second two slides. So not only did we have the big J cloth, here's the big J cloth. So one of the kids says, what's the J for? And I said, well, it's for Jesus, you know. So basically, I always take my big J cloth and we sit on the floor. And we're doing uh, the creation story after we learned about the legend of how the snake was trying to eat the frog's legs. And the frog figured out he should eat the snake's tail. And they were going to devour each other until Chief Peacemaker came and said, stop it, stop it, stop devouring one another and bring friendship. So we did games and Danny was on the guitar and, uh, and beating out the beats and art was there. Okay, the next slides. 
Here is a beautiful picture of me and Bernice. You know, it's very hard to get Bernice to take a picture. She's always hiding her face. She's so shy. She's an amazing social worker. She is the go-to person on the band. She flies down. She goes to visit people who are suffering with cancer. She's an amazing, amazing person. So there in the bottom, I'm with um, Sean. With a little girl, she's First Nations girl called Malaysia. They, I'm just so thrilled. If you guys go up there, you'll see their ECE, their Head Start program is amazing. They really have a beautiful ECE program. They're seeing their babies raised up. And um, I asked her if I could bring my daughter up because she wants to go back. And uh, Shawnee said, the more the merrier, particularly people like that. So I was so thrilled to, to connect. This last slide, I just have to share one second Early Stone, no, the first slide, right at the top here. He's a carver and a First Nation silversmith, and he makes beautiful work in silver. I have prayed for 19 years that I could have a talking stick. And this is my talking stick that he, he brought me a huge one. It was so big, I couldn't even pass it around. Like, I use the talking stick in the circles that I use for the storytelling. And I said, Early, this is beautiful, but it's... Well, it's very heavy. I can't use it. So he brought me another one. It was a huge black one. and looked like a snake. And I said, well, I really don't think that's the one. So I actually went to visit him in his home. I saw this little piece. And this is the one. So anyway, the last thing I will share is this is just breaks, broke my heart. I'm so thrilled about it. This is an eagle feather that he gave me. And he found it with Danny one day when they were walking around in Lower Post. They went into the band office, went down into the basement. This is where they had the residential school. And there's an eagle feather lying there on the ground in the basement. And he picked it up and brought it to me. And I felt this is so prophetic that God would have that eagle feather, which is a strong symbol of resurrection, mounting up with wings as an eagle. And he gave it to me and I just feel like God wants me to use this as a testimony for what he's going to do. He's restoring, reassigning the desolate places. I have an eagle feather, which is rare. For some of the people out there, it's not rare. But for us, it's rare. And this little feather came from Dixie's garden. Somebody found it in her community garden. So I've started my journey with my talking stick, and I'm to add things as I go. So anyway, I was very happy to be at the camp. It's an answer to prayer. Francis has prayed for years for us to be invited. You just don't go there. You have to be invited yeah. to the cultural camp. And we're, we're being told that we are welcome back. And our vision is to take many more youth and teenagers and young adults back there as well. Awesome. Thanks, honey. All right, our next share is Colleen. Colleen, this was her first time in Lower Post. She was such a blessing. Just served quietly behind the scenes so much, like she does here. And uh, uh, I've told the team that they have up to three minutes, and if they hear my alarm go off, they still have one minute. Does that sound fair? Grace, always Grace, right? So he did good there, hon. Oh, good job. I didn't know I had that minute. I didn't want to tell you. All right. Is this the one, Colleen? Is that good? Can you see? Yeah, I can see, but I was hoping there were a couple of other. Well, I'll just go for it. I can go far farther if you'd like. Okay. Um, I started the trip with no real expectations. I was interested, and I just wanted to see what it was like. Um, the first day, we met a lot of people, and I... 
I was so flooded with impressions and personalities that night, I just couldn't sleep. And it, um, it actually reminded me of a place I used to live, and it brought up a lot of past stuff for me. And so I really had to work through that. The second day was pretty flat. We couldn't find any kids. Nobody came for dinner. And after dinner, Gordy says, well, we're just going to... We're just going to worship, you know, and that was like that was like the turnaround point. Um, we got into worship, and people began to trickle in one at a time, and it seemed like everybody who came really was supposed to be there. So one guy came, and he was just he followed us around. He was there all the time. Early Ray, that was mentioned, and you know, they, he just just grabbed onto us. Um, I guess the thing that, that really impacted me was the geography of the area. We went into the band office and we saw a map of the Casca Nation. And it's pretty much divided by the Yukon-BC border. And it goes way up into the Yukon and way down into BC. I read when I got home that it's, it's like 10% of BC. It's just huge. And there's so few people living there. And... Uh, and I saw that the longboat was the other thing that impressed me with the, the area, um, thinking, like, really, the longboat is a viable way of getting around there rather than roads. And First Nations just know that area so well. They've been places where nobody else has ever been. Um, so I guess what I came out with was recognizing that we need to listen to First Nations. I uh, early kept talking about all the minerals in the ground, and I was thinking about how, yeah, we've said we need to consult them, right? But I think we need to do a lot more than consult them. I think we, they're, they're not always easy to listen to. They, they're slow to speak, and they tell you things in a very roundabout way. You have to listen for a long time. And uh, they talk more about the problems than the, than the solutions, and we're a society that wants to fix everything, and it's not like that, you know. So my, I just have this resolution to learn more about the history and the culture, and you know, I thought I knew stuff before, but now I just realize how little I know, and I want to know more so I can understand better. Thank you. Thank you, Colleen. Yeah. Come on up, Gloria. Gloria was our incredible chef. And again, food and meals together was such a huge part of our trip. So I think we need to give a big round of applause to Gloria. She works so hard. Thank you. Well, um, yeah, my, my gift of service definitely is around food. And there was a lot of preparation going up because flying up was much different than doing all of my shopping where I knew where things were. And so it was, it was a real challenge. And then to find out that many people were leaving Lower Post, I called Gordy and I said, do you want me to change anything? He said, nope, we're just going to go with it. So it, it was very interesting, but it's also... Um, it's great to go back to the same place and know the facility and just be able to uh, produce feasts 
and breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and uh, have the people come in and just really, really enjoy the food and, um, yeah, and just welcome them. Just And, and it, it's so heartwarming for them to hear, oh, it's so delicious. Oh, you've got to come. You've got to try this, try that. So, um, yeah, really wonderful. Sarah was my... Um, right-hand person this year. She was just, she worked unendlessly in the kitchen and uh, just took over certain areas that I didn't really even have to think of because we always put out vegetable platters, always put out fruit platters, that sort of thing. Um, and this year we got, we, we got to do some other special things like the Blue River Camp. And uh, there I am with Bernice and Marilyn um, um, Vargas. Uh, we just, you know, got some time to visit. The cabins in the background, you see that log cabin in the background, that was actually built by one of the elders. He built three of them in 1995. Cut the logs, split them, um, and built those cabins. And they built more after that. They were all built out of plywood, though. These that uh, uh, Freddie McMillan built, they're all the traditional log cabins, and they're really cool inside side as well. Um, also had chance to just, you know, really reestablish relationships with some people that we hadn't seen for a while, uh, that which was really great. Uh, just to, yeah, just to realize how deep some of those friendships have become because this is my third year. Ah, that's Freddie in the cowboy hat there. And so he's the man that built the cabin. And in behind is his friend Billy. And uh, Billy shared with us, which was so heartwarming, that this is the first Christian event that he had attended since he left residential school. So it was really, yeah, <laughs> it was really a big deal. Yeah, and he enjoyed it. He really enjoyed it. And I think he shared that bit of information with pretty much everyone on the team that he sat with. You know, like he, he said, yeah. This isn't so bad. This is pretty cool. This, this is what you guys do, huh? <laughs> so uh, I said, yeah, we're very honored that you came. Very honored to be the people that, uh, that, that you would come to or, you know, shared this event with. Um, I spent some time with Dixie and in her garden and just to see what they had done. The foundation for the garden had been built for four years. And um, Gordy talked about Lorna. Uh, it's kind of become a memorial garden for, for Lorna. And Art and Dixie have just really been pouring their hearts into the community and just being there to help the people and support the people and, uh, and, and just be a great example. I just want to give out a couple of uh, really heartfelt thank yous. It was so wonderful getting to know Aiden. He was so helpful. Um, just came and... What do you need? Gloria took care of the dishes with um, Esther. He and Esther were just such an integral part of my team. You know, they they took over some things that, that in made it so I didn't have to think about them. And when that when that's done, it just makes such a difference in the in the food prep and and just uh, you know keeping 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 the cookies coming, for example. You know, just knowing that there are these other things that I don't have to think about. And everyone chipped in from time to time, doing dishes or cleaning the kitchen. 
Kitchen and uh, yeah, Kathleen, Monica, Colleen, even Gordy was in there. What can I do? What can I do? So all of those things make a real difference when you know you're preparing food and you don't know how many you're preparing for. Anywhere from 15 to 35 or 40 it can be. So it, uh, yeah, I'll definitely be going back again. Thank you, Gloria. Come on up. I'm going to ask Sarah and Esther if you could both come up just so we can be ready to share one after the other. And uh, I'm supposed to do that slideshow, aren't I? I forgot about that. Do it after. So uh, it was great to have Sarah and Esther for the first time. Because I'm very forgetful. Um, so, as Gloria's already mentioned, I was her trusty sidekick, which was awesome because I learned lots. And um, although it was super, super busy, um, we had a lot of fun, I think, in the kitchen and we got into kind of a rhythm, so that was all good. Um, for me, the, there was an overarching feeling of hope. And um, so, where are my pictures? Um, so, with Art and Dixie, um, also the community garden like what I want to talk about was the community garden I went there with Dixie one day and uh, sorry I'm a little nervous and um, for me it was the whole the whole planting the seed and and having people be able to go to the garden and take you know plant whatever plants they wanted and and have their ownership of their piece but also the fact that Dixie was planting for herself but also for the community and um, and it just really spoke to me about God, like the planting of God's seed as well. So it was sort of symbolic, and, and I think that's really going to be cool. So um, I enjoyed that. Um, I'm actually a city person. I think I'm a, a, not a city person, but I realized I am a city person. <laughs> so I did enjoy Blue River, but I'm very susceptible to bug bites. So probably not as much as Kathleen, but I enjoyed being with people. Um, so maybe the next slide, Aiden. Um, and actually, the one thing that I really enjoyed was um, there was one girl there, Karina, in the green, sh the pale green shirt, and um, her and I started chatting after. Um, and she was telling me how she's just graduated. She's going to welding school in the Yukon, and she's got some scholarships that were really difficult to get because she went to school in the Yukon at high school but lived in BC. So there was sort of this whole school um, board boundary thing that made it difficult for her to get scholarships. But she's got a sc three scholarships, and what she wants to do is get her welding certificate and then go back to Lower Post and be a mentor, and she's already started that process. And, and so, I, you know, I really want all of us to pray for Karina because she just really wants to, she knows there's a lot of kids and teens in the community that she can help. And her older sister is, you know, she's married, she's got two children, she's struggling, she didn't finish high school. And so even for her older sister, I think she's being a, a good example and mentor. So um, that for me was, a, was one of the highlights for sure. And also seeing Esther playing. <laughs> so yeah. over to Esther. Now. 30 seconds under, amazing. Okay, I think, um, well, I got to lead worship for the first time, which was pretty exciting. And um, yeah, people really liked it, so <laughs> I, <laughs> it was rewarding and it just was fun. And, um, and so on the top, that's Early Ray, who we've all kind of talked about. Um, he like carves stuff and makes silver, and um, he gave me an eagle claw. Yeah, which he says is like really, it's like an honor, and it's like special and stuff. So yeah, that was pretty. That was um, definitely probably the the thing I'm gonna remember most about this. Um, 
And also, we went out with Art and Freddie, and we shot a bunch of guns. <laughs> and it was pretty fun. <laughs> Probably the, one of the best parts. So, so the picture was all holding guns. It was pretty fun. So yeah, that was my highlights for sure. And you know, it was just cool meeting all the people. They had really awesome stories. Learned lots of stuff. So yeah, hope I can go back next year. Awesome. Thank you, Esther. So we could say that the trip ended with a bang. And, uh, yeah, it was on the last day. We do have a video of Esther being airborne <laughs> after she fired around. She literally was almost airborne. From <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have told her. But we do have the video. Right. Um, yeah, so there we can see me uh, setting up sound on the first day. That was kind of my job. Um, I was a sound guy. Uh, whenever someone called my name, it was usually to carry something. <laughs> <laughs> so that was one of my main jobs. Um, um, so on the right, we can see, or your left, you can see um, we're playing stick gambling. It's, a, it's an interesting game. Um, it's kind of weird. <laughs> With the drum? And then on the right, sorry? Oh no, they just use tiny rocks. Um, and then on the right, um, there's me holding a 22 Magnum. I, the whole week was really awesome and really memorable, but uh, that was my first time going out and shooting guns. So, <laughs> that's... <laughs> Definitely something I'll remember um, for a really long time, and it was one of my highlights. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. So, just before Monica shares, uh, I just wanted to say how incredibly fulfilling and blessed I was to have Aiden and Sarah, uh, or Esther, uh, with us this time. We haven't had teens for years. We had teens, I think the last time when my daughter was a teen, uh, other than the Chilliwack gang. And these guys were absolutely amazing. And I want you to know that I saw, when you get on the mission field, you see people's character. And I'll tell you what, we're making disciples. Uh, parents and kids workers and kids church and youth, we're making disciples because we saw them just shine uh, in that environment. So thanks, you guys. You were awesome. Dream come true. Monica, is it dark? The picture on your left is um, when we took a boat ride with Fred on Art and Dixie. So that's the picture of Art and Dixie. They were our hosts. They're actually, Dixie's from here and moved up with Art um, about a year ago. And what, the impact they're having on that community is amazing. They're, the, the greenhouse, the community garden is one of the projects that's really bringing people together. Art helps around the community with cutting wood and helping people wherever he's needed. And the other picture was that we went to church with them in Watson Lake on the Sunday, and that was amazing. We almost blew the roof off with the worship. It was pretty cool. And then they had a potluck lunch for us afterwards. Um, highlights for me were meeting a lot of the people. Um, I didn't have as much of an opportunity last year for that, but this year I did 
have that, and it was pretty amazing. Um, the picture on the left, the lady on the left there is Sean, and then her grandson is in the picture below. And on Thursday when we went to the camp, um, she had to leave, so I, I babysat her little guy for the rest of the day, and it was a pretty amazing day. And it, it actually, I think, was a great way for the people to get to know me, going, she's looking after one of ours. That was pretty... And then, since we got back, um, I spoke with Dixie yesterday, and there was a pretty traumatic incident that happened with this family. And it's something that we really need to pray for them for. I, I'll send more details to Sarah, and she can send it out to our prayer team. But if the family falls apart because of this, it is very likely that this little grandson will end up in foster care, which would absolutely break my heart. Yeah, Brady. So that's something I'd really like us to pray for. That, And I think, I was wondering, you know, why did I even volunteer to look after this little guy that day? And I think, you know, there's, God's going to do something here. I really feel that. Amen. And I connected with her as well, and I'm going to be going up again in a few weeks on my own to visit, so I'll be visiting with her as one of the people. So, next slide. Um, top left is a picture of me and Pansy. A few of us have gotten to know her. We hope to spend more time with her, but she, she's the one that takes care of the school and made sure we had access to everything. Oh, sorry, I'm taking too long. No, oh, okay. Anyway, I'm, she's another one that I'm going to be looking forward to visiting more with, but she's just one of those behind-the-scenes, quiet, dedicated people in the community. And then on the bottom, uh, our friends Stephen and Peter. That picture is amazing because a month or so ago, they were not getting along and there was some major conflict. So there's been a lot of healing and it's my prayer that we continue praying for them because uh, Peter's now living with Stephen and um, working through his issues. And if we can keep them in our prayers, that would be great. They met us in Whitehorse as well and helped us bring all the food back. And then I was part of the target shooting gang as well, my first time, and it was pretty cool. And then Art and Dixie and Fred took me out on the river the one day and tried to make a bushwoman out of me, so who knows, they might succeed yet. So, yeah, it was amazing just to connect with people and to see how, just with us being there, some of the people that were not associating with others actually came to some of the events and there's been some healing while we were there so that's what I pray for thank you one, one of the uh, the kisses from Jesus uh, was the teens coming uh, another kiss from Jesus was on my birthday after I'd had a little conversation with Sohi our homestay daughter from Korea and you know how obsessed we are with our homestay daughters uh, she came down on my birthday morning and announced to me, I want to go to Lower Post. And it just absolutely made my day, and she was amazing. So come on up, Sohi, and she's going to share. First time ever in a church, so welcome her. You can just hold and hold it quite close to your mouth. Hello, my name is Sohi. As Gordy said, I'm their student from Korea. Yeah, and I will read my script for saving time. <laughs> uh, I've had a great journey 
for last week, I saw a lot of bears and eagles for the first time in my life. And next one. Yeah, and however, man, uh, meeting many people from baby to elder. Ah, okay. Is is the most valuable things in this trip, especially. Uh, do you have next one? Yeah, especially that kid kids. Yeah, are they are just amazing for me. Uh, they wanted to know about me, my country, and language. Also, they repeat repeated a lot of interject. Uh, interjection, like cool, wow, like that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I hope they also have chance to go abroad for studying or traveling, like me, whatever they want. Uh, through this unique experience, I've done lots of new challenges, like shooting gun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that I could join this incredible journey with cool, super cool people. Thank you. Thanks to everyone for giving this chance to me and listening my story. Thank you. Oh, so good. So good. Well done. Thank you so much. So, so many kisses from God. Um, when I arrived, I've, I have here... Uh, it's hard to see when these are split in half on that screen, but you can see there a picture of Art and Dixie, and then a blast from the past. That was Dixie on our oversight team back in the mid-90s. We've journeyed with Dixie for so many years. She was our primary grandma intercessor. She was surrogate grandma to our kids growing up here in Vancouver. When she left, it broke my heart. I was glad for her to meet Art, but it broke my heart. So I made a deal with God. (laughs) <laughs> I told her. Uh, and they ended up in lower posts. And I told the people up there, when Jesus said, you can't outgive him, when I gave her away, when he said, you can't outgive me, to see them there was such a gift from Jesus for me. And they are just loving and serving that community. And they prepared a wonderful nest for us as hosts. Uh, next slide. Uh, they helped with the funding that Bernice acquired for them to build this greenhouse and a community garden. And they have... This is the different families in the community can build a plot. And Dan, there's Danny. There you see the team. We look like a, a, a bunch of migrant workers out there in the field. Uh, there's there's uh, Gordy and Kathleen there just working on the garden. That was one day when, when we weren't sure what to do. The Lord just said, just serve the servers. Just go and help and work in that community garden. Next slide. And uh, there's Early with Aiden and, and Esther. I already ser- shared that. There's, there's Sohi. Uh, the kids just absolutely swarmed around her. They were so attracted to her. Next slide. Uh, this was the elders. Uh, it, one of the, the highlights, next to the, that next uh, picture shows, that's not marshmallows, that's bannock. They, teach us, they taught us how to make bannock, mix it, and then roast it in the fire. And this one elder there, uh, her, her name was Ava, and she laughed so hard at watching white people roast Bannock. She, she was just cutting, cracking jokes and making fun of us. And we all just, we were very entertaining for her. So she was very sweet. This is uh, Kathleen. And you've already heard about the, 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 the visit on the water uh, with Sohi and some of the children went out. Next slide. Yeah. So, so in our last meeting, we had... Uh, 
you know, this whole thing about going, being all things to all people, I just felt the whole disorientation and being liminal and missional and just going out of our element, going out where we're not comfortable and going on the land for that last day. We just set apart that last day, drove out, got there for lunch, incredible lunch. And then we had a kids, just the kid, where we found the kids. If you can't find the kids, you go looking for them, right? That's what we did. Jesus didn't say if, you're, if, you, lose, if you lose your sheep, you, you wait for it to come back, back to you. you. You go find them. So we went and found them and had a great time on the land. And then we had this jam session in the shelter and I saw the light of God on this one guy, and, and I, I was just going to actually give a quick preach and then offer prayer was, and hoping that he would respond because I so sensed the Holy Spirit. And then things just kind of fell apart in the meeting, and I lost the opportunity, I thought, to do that. Well, he walked right up to me. He said, shook hands with me. He said, my name is Billy George. This is the first Christian meeting I have ever been in since I left Lower Post Residential School in 1976. And when he said that, the father kissed me again, and he said, because you are willing to go to them. And I talked to some of the elders. I talked to some of the other Christians in the community. They said, Gordy, none of us have been able to get through to him. God sent you. God sent you people. One plants and other waters, but God gives the increase. So that's another kiss from God. And one more kiss from Jesus. As I was driving out, I noticed a construction project going out on the field, and it was kind of around that playground that we had built 19 years ago. There was young guys out there and elders out there, and I said, what's going on? Oh, uh, we're, we're upgrading that playground. We're developing it, and, and we're bringing in new equipment. And you know what we did when we built that playground 19 years ago? We invited the community. They built that playground with us, the young people, the elders, and the same thing was happening 19 years later. A long obedience in the same direction. One other significant strategy. White Horse Yukon Bible Fellowship hosted us, flying in and flying out. God actually sent a move of God through Lower Post, through the founding pastor of that church back in the 1980s, far before we ever left, through the Bergmans. They had a move of God where a lot of the Christians that we know there today actually became Christians during that time. And God just knit our hearts with his successor, Rick Turner, and he came down during that time. And we have covenanted together to work together for all that God has promised in Lower Post Amen. to come to pass. Let's, sh let's show that sh slideshow and then we're going to wrap it up with a, with a blessing prayer. I think we got some music and whatever. Let her rip. Uh, you know, I mentioned before we left that we couldn't afford to go. We couldn't afford to go. And God said, go. Has he ever asked you to do something you couldn't afford to go? And, and you can't outgive him. And, you know, when we were, the week before we left, we, we needed $3,600 because uh, we'd all paid for our own plane fares, but we still needed all this money for the meals and the rentals. And... Uh, uh, there was a visitor that Sunday, a friend of Stephen and Karen's, who was very touched by our, our presentation and dropped $1,000 in the offering. And then Penticton Vineyard, after I sent out a, a request for prayer in the region, uh, sent us another check for $1,000. And then we've just been getting gifts 
back and forth, and we've almost met our budget. And then this morning, I was on, my, on the floor of my office in a puddle of tears, of not my office, but the church office, because I opened up some mail that was addressed to me. And this is from our friends who were the Tri-City Vineyard. And I, I don't have time to read the whole letter. It's just so tender. I think I'll post it for you, maybe. It's very tender because they closed a few years ago. So why I'm writing this letter is from Chris Zacharias on behalf of the Tri-City Vineyard. When we disbanded some four and a half years ago, we still had some cash in our bank account. And we considered using it if we ever got the notion to start again, and this didn't happen. So by officially saying goodbye to Tri-City Vineyard, we wish to bless the people who made an impact in our lives. Please accept this gift as a token of our deepest appreciation. And he had a check for $3,000 to the Vancouver Eastside Vineyard. So God's good. So Francis and, and Joanna, guys, just let's, if we can get the team come up, we're going to just end with a, a prayer of blessing just uh, in coming in. And did Wade, did you get that? No. Come on up, Wade. Our missionaries. Let's do that. Every yeah. time people come back, it was harder <laughs> coming back than it was yeah. while he was gone this time. Thank you, bro, so, for being liminal, going yeah. to the margins. It was awesome. So proud Just of you. Just awesome. So proud yeah. of you. Yeah. Yeah. And not to steal thunder, thank you for everybody that supported us while Wade was in Cambodia this year. It was incredible. Thank you all for yeah. your prayers and gifts yeah. and, and your love offering by yeah. the way, was incredibly sacrificial given our financial situation as a church. Yeah. It was incredible as well. We couldn't have done it without that and your prayers. Well, thank you, team, for going mm. on our mm. behalf. We know that you represent all of us that didn't go. So thank you for being there. Thank you for representing us so beautifully and so faithfully. Um, it's an honor to be represented by you. Thank you for your faithfulness. In going, and so we do want to pray a covering prayer. Come on over this side, Monica, over you, and come on, babe, too. So, we're just going to do a general covering prayer. So, Lord, we just thank you in the same way that you've sent these people out in this last month, that you've sent these missionaries out. And we know, we know that it's all connected. We know that for these people to be here, that there's been a sending, there's been a sacrifice. So thank you, Lord, that as you've sent these out, Father, we pray protection, not only over their going out, but their coming in. We ask protection over their health, over their finances, over their spiritual lives, over their relationships, over their health. Um, just in any way, Father, we just ask that, and we ask that that would encompass all the relationships in their lives, Lord. We've just seen that really firsthand this time for our family, that, that, just that cost. And we want to say you're worthy. Lord, you are so worthy. Yes, you are. You are so worthy. The people of Lower Post are worthy. The people of Cambodia are worthy. But, Lord, we know that when we go about serving people, we're always going to get burned out. Lord, it's for you. It's all for you. You're so worthy. You're so beautiful. I just see you on your throne right now. And I thank you for the anticipation of the glorious day that you've promised us, that when we will worship you with every tongue, tribe, and nation. Lord, we just thank you for the part that we have Thank you for the privilege and the honor of serving you when we do ask and don't presume every protection and blessing.
Yes, Lord. Francis, would you want yes, like to pray with us? Thanks, Can someone just bring Gloria a chair? She's feeling a bit woozy. Heavenly Father, I just give you praise and the glory today. I thank you for the Vancouver Eastside Vineyard again, Father. Thank you for the friendship with my people, the Casca and Taltan people, Father, not only from Lower Post, Lord, but we see a bigger vision, Father, for the North. Father, we are connected to the land because of your blessing. And Father, it is an answer to my prayer that the vineyard would go on the land with our people. And thank you for bringing it to pass. Lord, when we were bankrupt and we had nothing, and all the children were taken from our homes, Lord God, because of residential school and racism in our land, Father, you kept our First Nations people connected to the land. The land sustained our people. And Heavenly Father, you want us to share that knowledge with our brothers and sisters. And I know what you are doing with the Vancouver Eastside Vineyards, friendship and love to my people, Lord God, will come to pass. Lord, we do not want to think about end times. We do not want to think about all of these things because there's so much happening in our world. But Lord God, when you bring the people to the land, Lord, your grace is bountiful. Your presence on the land, Father God, is so real. Oh, my God, Lord, I just thank you right now that the devil had no permission to rob us of that gift. And today, Lord God, I pray a blessing on the people that have come back, Father, that the memories that they have, Father, will remain precious to them. The people, Lord God, in my community. Father, so much has happened to my people. But, Lord, Like Moses, when my mother prayed, she prayed and believed in her heart for our people. And Lord, that community garden is an answer to her prayer. Father, the fact that the vineyard is still coming year after year, oh Lord God, that is an answer to my mother's prayer. And Lord, once you start something and you birth something, Father, you will see it to the end. And I thank you, Father, for our First Nations people, that even though we've been ravaged in our communities by the enemy, Father, you have set a standard over lower post, and we give you the praise and the glory. Father, that the the gates of hell will not prevail. We are going to stand and see the plentiful harvest, Lord God, of all the seeds that have been planted for the last 20 years. This was started out as a vision. And Lord, when I was asked, why did you bring the vineyard here? Lord, I said, I want them to experience I want my people to experience the joy and the freedom of what a church really means. And Father, you have answered my prayer on this trip, and I give you the praise and the glory. Strengthen these people, Lord God. Refill their cups to overflowing. We give you the praise and the glory today, Lord God. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Francis. Amen. Okay. I'm done. If you need prayer... Um, Grace and peace. Just very quickly, because we're talking about Aboriginals, the land. Um, Also, too, if you can, keep in prayer. Uh, Bella, Bella, I am adopted into the health sickness um, with Jacob, and Jacob is also Cree, so he's got two bands. I've got one. 